This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host today, Craig Patterson. And we have a special guest, the Suzanne Sears. She's the founder and head of few companies, Best Retail Careers International, as well as Luxury Careers Canada. She's a recruiter. Welcome, Suzanne. Well, hi, Craig. It's been a while since we've had a chat. Happy holidays and happy retail shopping season. Lots to talk about. You bet, you bet. And we're going to talk about uh, what's happening with the labor force here. So uh, we've headed in. I think we're probably, we're close to being in the winter. I mean, we have winter weather. We're going to talk a little bit about the labor force uh, uh, in recent memory here, let's uh, November, and, and now we're in December as we record this, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the labor force and what's happening, as well as the general mood of uh, retailers towards hiring as we uh, get quite close here to uh, Christmas. Well, in November, we continued to make progress. We still added jobs to the economy across the nation with one notable exception. It looks like Alberta took a bit of a hit. They lost jobs. However, for the most part, we've seen growth um, a bit slower, but we are still at uh, nearly record low unemployment rates. Um, As I've said many times, full employment is considered 4%, meaning there's always 4% of the uh, population that can't work, don't choose to work, or busy out of the country. So at 4%, unemployment, you're considered fully, uh, the labor force is fully engaged. And we're sitting at 5.1%. That's only 1% wow. uh, higher than absolute zero in the uh, staffing world. So it's still very, very tight. The mood of retailers has been driven, I've found, primarily by some of the banks, doom and gloom type reports on a recession is coming, and they're afraid of that. They're afraid of getting stuck with high-priced staff or high-priced inventory, and they're taking a very cautious approach. They're trying not to add too much headcount. They're concerned about winter markdowns and loss of uh, revenues. However, I think what they're actually finding for the season is that sales have been incredibly strong, uh, much stronger than perhaps the financial pundits are saying. It's quite interesting, the international uh, monetary Fund, the, the World International Fund, published a report just last week, I believe, and uh, their assessment of Canada was that we were a post-pandemic superachiever nation, what? that we had rebounded beyond expectations, and their particular prediction about whether Canada was going to hit the wall in this uh, recession was that it was unlikely that if we did have a recession, it would be incredibly mild. And I think most, uh, even the um, you know, Bank of Canada is starting to back off any more rate increases. So I think that whole things are about to crash is probably untrue. So I think what you're going to see in uh, the early spring is a resurgence of sales and more hiring. However, that's going to be difficult, and we know that. Wow, wow. What, um, what, what are the challenges that retailers are, are, are finding right now? Because, you know, we're, we're talking about them right now, but I think, I think ghosting is one of them. Is that what's happening? <laughs> or tell me about that. Well, it's an interesting concept, and it gets a lot of airplay, because almost never in the uh, 
well, certainly not in the 20th century, um, the 21st century minimally, uh, have employees simply refused offers, said yes to offers and then not shown up, um, signed offers and then left one week or two weeks later. And this is a rather common phenomenon anymore, especially in the lower paid sector. Now, you'd be surprised what recruiters think is lower paid and what the general public thinks is lower paid. Hmm. I would say positions up to about 60 or 65,000 are considered lower paid by the people who work in them. And that's the only people who count. So a $60,000 written offer could well just be ignored, can be left, abandoned. I'll take this job and a month later, I don't like it, I'm leaving. Um, There's very little to tie a new employee into a role that the employee or the new hire thinks is replaceable. And you know where the the actual retailer thinks, well, this is all I can afford, so this is what I have to do. And they may well get people to accept that price, but inevitably what happens is the minute these people can find 5,000 more or find a different career than retail, they're gone. So this ghosting phenomena is basically a weekly one. Um, it, It happens more so to people who are using job postings or firms that use job postings and get their candidates that way. But it's still happening to recruiters too, with people we know turn around and say, yes, I'll take the job and then never sign the offer and you never hear from them again. So it's, it's kind of a new thing. It uh, speaks to, in particular in retail, this idea that retail is a temporary place to park yourself as opposed to a legitimate career has become a huge problem for attracting younger folks into the industry. For years. And it's certainly for years. Yeah. And now it's coming home to roost. I've never had so many uh, retailers ask me about hiring, learning, training, and development leaders. Uh, It's, it's just suddenly sprung up where people feel that, well, I'm, I'm going to have to invest more in the staff I have. That's number one. And train them better because, you know, if I can't keep them, I'm, I'm going to be in a spot of trouble. And having also said that, is that younger folks do expect to be trained. They're not coming to you with a full suite of skills. They come to you with raw material. And if you don't develop it, they simply don't stay. And of course, a lot of the younger generation, um, you know, under 40, basically, uh, have only ever worked in teams, you know? So they've always had a coworker or a guide or a leader, and that's what they expect in the workplace. And when they don't find it, they just drift. Hmm. So it's a, it's a whole bunch of catching up uh, to try and stop ghosting, you know? Holy cow. Well, I was actually reading an article um, a few days ago about wage growth, and this was specifically in Quebec. They were saying that since 2016, at the very high end, um, some uh, retail employees are being paid something like 40% more now in 2022 versus 2016. But tell me a little bit about um, uh, wage growth and, uh, you know, how retailers are dealing with this as, as employees want more money to work. 
Uh, it's a, an absolute fact of life, especially in Quebec. Quebec right now, I believe, has the lowest unemployment um, in all of Canada, something around 4%, which is, as we just discussed, zero, meaning there's no more people to get. Um, Quebec also has challenges in population as well. So there just aren't as many people to have. So what, uh, what retailers have run into is that uh, the Quebec minimum wage is a meaningless guide. Uh, people will get what they demand. And I think it's very unlikely that you can hire someone in Quebec on an hourly basis for less than $25 to $30 an hour, no matter what it is. Wow. And compared to Ontario, where, you know, you can still, you know, not easily, but uh, you can still pitch some $20 an hour jobs here and there. Uh, but Quebec, absolutely not. I mean, that level of wage growth is uh, expected and you either pay it or you do without. That's it. It's not even negotiable anymore. People will leave you in a heartbeat. So, but it's happening all across the nation. Um, Ontario, there's more people to choose from. But if you head on over to BC, to Vancouver, Victoria, um, some of the more remote cities or towns, I guess they are in BC, they will just tell you what they're willing to work with. You know, like if you pay me this much, I'll work for you. And if you don't pay me, I won't. And that's it. It's not negotiable anymore. And I think it's a shock for most retailers, certainly those with head offices in Toronto or head offices in the United States are not used to um, staff having this much power to make the decisions. And so they're trying to do without. And doing without has terrible consequences for the customer experience, terrible consequences for the existing staff and workload, and it's terrible for productivity. Now here's how, you know, people say, well, wage growth, well, isn't that just gonna kill us? In truth, if we don't have wage growth in a consumer economy, you don't have people with enough money who can actually buy things. So where you have uh, rent, mortgages, automobiles, uh, taking up, if you have one, taking up a larger share of your income, then you don't have disposable income for retail, for extraneous items or items just because. Um, you're, you're basically focused on a survival mode, food, rent, heat, hydro. So you've got to have wage growth. Wage growth is not a bad thing. I mean, right now, it's about 5.6% increase in November. October was 5% a little bit more. Yeah. It's been basically trending around five, six, seven percent, but that's mm. month over month. I think at the end of the year, it'll probably come in around oh, between five and six percent that most people were demanded it and probably got, which makes that teacher's strike in Ontario interesting, eh? where um, they were offered three percent or something. Uh, but yeah. wage growth has to happen if we want to keep the economy growing. Well, but then we have to pass it on to consumers. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, you have two options. You know, you can pass along some of the increase or you could just not be in business. And that's that's pretty much your two options. Holy cow. Yeah. And uh, now we've had 
I, I recently caught a cold and got over it. Uh, some people have the flu that I know right now. Mm-hmm. How are we seeing um, staffing uh, play out as people might catch things like COVID and not to mention all these other illnesses that seem to be going around right now? Uh, there's about a 20% off work rate right now. Holy. Um, yeah, it's that high. And it isn't necessarily the retail worker. It's maybe a member of their family, their child, their spouse. Um, so they're absent because of the, you know, because of the needs at home. And there's no one else to care for these people. And um, the hospital situation is so sticky right now that um, people aren't really seeking out the care they probably need because they're afraid of these 22-hour waits in ERs. So what you're seeing is people just simply staying home. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's definitely what they should do. But uh, the lack of sick paid days is, is kind of a crisis situation. So, do you, you know, essentially every retailer is understaffed. I don't know one that could say they're at full staff. Maybe the odd little boutique here and there. But in general, retail is grossly understaffed. And even if they do have full staff, they've got about 20% of them off on sick. Uh, sick. No, I wouldn't call it leave because most of them aren't getting paid for it, but they're definitely off sick. So it, it's a huge problem. It really is. Holy cow. Um, and what do you think uh, is going to, what do you think 2023 is going to look like for staffing? Because we're almost there. Well, you know, at some point we will learn to manage the various viruses At some point, we'll come to accept that a certain segment of society is going to have to mask. There's just basically no other way to fight back at this point. So I'm presuming that the winter will involve a fair amount of masking in retail, maybe into the spring, probably will back off a bit then. Um, And then, of course, we're, we're starting to run into more and more and more of the, uh, what they call the gray factor. And that happens to be the issue at hand for the next two or three years, where by 2030, um, what you have is about 20% of the population over the age of 55. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, yeah, at, by 2030, the very last people, the last boomers um, hit senior citizen age And we're losing about a million and a half of workers every single year because they're aging out. It's a huge. That's why we've got this immigration push, right? Right. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's interesting. I think most of the retailers have embraced hiring uh, new, new Canadians or people on work visas, but there's a whole other sector that just doesn't see it as solid and, um, you know, and especially work visas, work permits, they don't want to hire them because they won't stay. And But right now, nobody's staying anyway, you know, so it's a big problem there. But uh, yeah, I mean, we are, we are headed to an absolute labor shortage in retail, such that the prediction is about 60% of all retailers will be short-staffed between now and 2025. And that's a huge amount to be missing. Um, And plus, you know, you're losing your brains, you're losing your culture, you're losing your talent moving forward. So retailers have sort of brushed the whole issue of 
staffing to the side. Well, we'll just run ads and do the best we can. We'll just keep offering what we offered before and hope for the best. And it's it's a failing strategy and it's showing up in dollars and it's going to hurt more. So I think some of the smartest retailers are jumping ahead and they're putting in place the learning and training and development programs that, you know, used to be there a long time ago. They're actively scouting for new grads from the retail schools. They're opening up their wallets and paying more. So some are on the leading edge and there's the others kind of dragging behind. But I think overall, excuse me, um, Canadians like to shop. And shopping is sort of part of the culture, what we like to do. And we are a consumer society, so I don't think retail is going anywhere. We definitely saw that once the pandemic eased off, people were back out on the streets, back out into malls. They want the shopping experience. So I don't think retail is going to decline in any way, shape, or form. But how the retailers prepare and respond to their staff aging out and, you know, feeding in a new uh, cohort of future retailers. Future forward retailing is probably the single most key factor in who's going to be successful and who's not. And it's really obvious when you stand back and look who's doing it, uh, look who's doing it very well. And look at those who are, you know, sliding into oblivion, so to speak. So a lot of challenges, but I think overall, um, it's still a very positive forecast. But, you know, retailers have to take these challenges and actually step up and, and tackle them. Are there any um, types of retailers that are finding that they can retain staff better? Uh, because obviously we've talked about the fact that money is an important thing to many employees, not everyone, of course, as well as I guess the overall environment. But are there any other types of retailers, like we say, grocery, fashion, automotive, um, any insights into, uh, you know, who's who's keeping them and who isn't? Well, those who have still have supply chain problems are having difficulty. Um, if you're still in the situation of like cars, um, almost impossible to keep staff because there's no cars to sell. Um, custom furniture, anything that's highly dependent upon imports and is traditionally a commission business, a high commission business, they're having trouble. There's no doubt about it. And they get such negative pushback from the public um, that a lot of people don't feel good about their jobs. So definitely furniture and home and some of the sectors that are um, really dependent upon overseas goods are having more of an issue. Um, those that are retaining them happen to be, I don't know if there's so much the segments anymore. Certainly jewelry is doing very well that way. Um, leather goods, the expensive leather goods, some of the higher end brands um, who have their own staff are doing well. But yep. it, in generally, I'm not sure that it's so much about the category anymore as much as it is about the companies that are providing a culture, a culture cushion. So they have standards, values, beliefs, and they embrace and basically cocoon their staff. Um, all of them, if they're doing that, they're they're doing okay. Those that are just um, the fast fashion guys who traditionally 
kind of run through staff like water. Uh, they're struggling. They're struggling to staff. They don't keep people very long. Um, the food workers, they're a pretty happy bunch for the most part. I don't know mm. why. Maybe it's the type of people they attract. But, you know, in general, they're fairly well paid. And, um, you know, they're very senior friendly. Um, Walmart doesn't really struggle to get staff. They still need more, but they don't struggle because they pay well and they're very senior friendly. Um, mm-hmm. Those companies that embrace seniors do better. That's for sure. Um, but of course, a lot of the fast fashion people don't see a place in their organization for, when I say senior, we're really just talking about people over 50, right? Um, yeah. they, don't, they don't see a <laughs> place. There. Yeah, that's what I mean. So um, it's a little bit hit or miss, but uh, definitely it's all about how people are being treated, respected, promoted, cocooned, you know, cocooning cocooning your staff is really the the next phase of how retail survives um and yeah wages are definitely an issue but you know you take people for example who work at dollar type stores happiest bunch of people you've ever seen almost all the dollar type stores treat their people exceptionally well and people really enjoy working for them you know and you you kind of shake your head and say why it's all about how you're treating people, not about what you sell, right? So, it's interesting. It is. Yeah. I would have thought. Yeah, I, I've I met a couple of people at Dollarama staff that were very very nice because they were showing me yeah. the self checkout because they had no in person checkout, which was you know ticking me off at first, but Faster. they were very very nice <laughs> about it. Um, the one woman had actually yeah. in years past worked at Holt Renfrew, which was quite interesting, but she. I come out of a retirement situation to actually work at Dollarama. So I thought that was uh, a little bit remarkable. Well, they, treat their, they pay actually quite well. Huh. Uh, they treat people well. Um, in general, that's uh, a very solid category. And, you, and it's surprising to us, isn't it? But no, actually, it's a fact. Inventory supply is a, a huge motivator or lack thereof. If you're dealing with a category that can't deliver the goods, because of supply chain issues, it's incredibly frustrating to people who are high commission salespeople, um, you know, because the fallback position is usually something close to minimum wage. So if you can't sell it and you, you might be able to sell it, but you, you don't get paid for it until it's actually delivered. So you could sell a sofa in December and somebody doesn't see it for a year. You're not seeing your commission. Well, it's hard to stay motivated with, minimum wage, you know, until that day. So, you know, supply chain has had an impact, but everything I'm hearing is that supply chain is starting to ease up, is starting to flow. So that should settle down because in general, people do like to work for the, uh, you know, the high-end furniture and the high-end appliance people that, you know, the types of people who really enjoy fast, furious, high-pressure retail um, they like the environment of being able to sell and sell large, and they haven't had that for two years, so <laughs> they feel a little bit boxed in. But overall, I think I think the climate is is fairly good. If the retailers can hang on to what they have, develop what they have, grow and offer hope, you know, there was such a lack of hope in retail in the last two years that people left by 
almost at osmosis, like there's got to be more than this, right? But I think people who at the core love retail are just looking for that hope and encouragement and that investment. And uh, that's what retailers have to get out there and sell, you know, like in the old days, there were Eaton's management development programs, those types of things, things that add value to the employees' lives. Fascinating stuff. We're going to have you on, I think, uh, regularly here, Suzanne, because you are a wealth of knowledge. There's always lots to discuss. <laughs> we were having a conversation before this, and some of it, I don't know if we can repeat because it was a little gossipy about some retailers, but it was very fascinating. And uh, maybe yeah. we'll get a little more gossipy as we uh, move maybe, forward maybe. here in these conversations. We'll get make 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 staffing exciting, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, sh- it should be. I mean, this is literally, you know, people having jobs. Uh, it's in a, a fascinating industry that's seen uh, incredible change, uh, um, you know, since the pandemic. Uh, and wherever we are moving forward here, because um, well, God only knows know, what the winter is going to look like. People tend to forget that retail is the largest employer in Canada. You know, I mean, they they talk about big oil or natural resources but at the end of the day it's the retail workers that drive our economies they can't be ignored <laughs> that's right that's right anyway it's uh, great catching up with you and uh we'll do it again in january you betcha let's do it thank you so much this has been suzanne sears she is a retail expert in staffing who also owns best retail careers international and luxury careers canada Thank you so much, for Suzanne, for joining us today. All right, Craig. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Take care and bye for now. 